an accidental athlete. We all make sacrifices to feed our passions. In my case, I can barely remember the last time I spent the night anywhere other than in a tent, or a terminally lost Arctic explorer, but I'm not. I'm a cyclist. The tent is in my bedroom, which most people seem to feel makes things not quite as adventurous, but no less peculiar. I sleep in it because it simulates high altitude. The air inside has been pumped through a filtration system to reduce the oxygen content from the normal sea level 20.8% to something more like 14%. It's the equivalent of 3,500 metres further up than Europe's highest mountain pass. Sleeping at altitude this way is supposed to give you most of the benefits of altitude training without the inconvenience of living and working at the top of an alp for twelve months of the year, or moving to Albuquerque. That's not to say there are no downsides at all. The pump makes a noise like an outboard motor. On a warm night the temperature inside the tent can climb into the unbearable, and on a cold one the condensation drips down the inside until it saturates the sheets, and I end up trying to sleep on a tiny sliver of dry in the middle of the bed. If I run a small fan inside the tent, it can help with the heat and condensation problems, but then the noise of that combines with the outboard motor to replicate the effect of sleeping on an airliner. The other inconvenience is my partner. Her first introduction to the tent was when she got home from work one night to find it already fully installed. I hadn't had the nerve to mention it. I suppose I hoped the surprise of finding it would distract her from the surprise of how much money had vanished from our bank account to pay for it. Since we lived in a one-bedroom flat, she was either going to have to share it, sleep on the sofa, or just cut her losses and get out of the whole relationship. I didn't show her the bit of the instruction manual that promised suffocation to those who attempted to share the limited air supply. The way I saw it, the less air there was to go around, the higher the effective altitude, and at no extra cost. I was untroubled by how closely this was related to the plastic bag over the head altitude simulation system. This was simply because the tent was something that might help me ride a bike faster. I already trained more or less all day. Now I could use those wasted hours of sleep to sneak another gain. I'd have bought the tent even if the warning was one of a random thirty percent chance of sudden death. Anything for speed. I like to think that none of the foregoing would make anyone question my sanity but even I have to admit that a rational man would have his doubts when I say that to this day I have no idea whether the tent and all its associated costs and aggravations actually made me any faster. The theory is sound. There have been a few reasonably good scientific studies, but even the best of those only claims it makes a relatively small difference for some people, sometimes. For me, perhaps multiplied by perhaps is enough. It's not just the tent. In the same period, I rode somewhere around 175,000 miles. I owned around 50 bikes, each one of which I was convinced was going to go faster than the previous one. I even spent a morning riding round Manchester Velodrome's track in the nude in an attempt to find out if bare skin was faster than a lycra suit. It wasn't, and thank God for that. I spent hours in laboratories being tested and measured. I'm an unusual physical specimen, so there was never any shortage of physiologists keen to poke and prod. I found out all manner of unlikely things about myself 
I had what was reckoned to be just about the highest ratio of lung capacity to height measured in a UK lab, for instance, that would have made interesting, if creepy, conversation starters at parties, if I had not been so scared of catching a cold that I avoided parties at all costs, along with cinemas and concerts. I sat on planes with a polo-neck jumper pulled up to just below my eyes, like Wilfred from the Bash Street Kids. I lived in a world where, one way or another, everything was divided into things that might make me faster and things that might make me slower. Pretty much anything pleasant fell into the second category. Eating sensibly makes you faster. A couple of beers make you slower.